All right, Mark, did we uh, we got the legalese out of the way last time, didn't we? Uh, I think we mentioned all the necessary disclaimers. Legal hasn't sent us any nasty emails this week, so. No, but we might need it just for the sake of just for the sake of covering our bases on this episode, we might need to just replay the read that you did last time on our uh, on our disclaimer. Just to be safe? Yeah. yeah. Better than sorry. Yeah, we'll do that right now. Hi, this is Jason and Mark with Interman Radio. A free service to thinkers everywhere, demystifying the Bible by asking the questions your neighborhood pastor is afraid to answer. Yeah, so now that we've got that out of the way, you know, we reached out to Uncle Fillmore again this week to talk about uh, respect and, uh, I guess, raising respectful kids, I guess is what we asked him about. Raising respectful kids. And Uncle Fillmore has... Has some pithy wisdom? He'd, well, actually, to be frank with you, Mark, I really haven't listened to Uncle Fillmore's uh, message on this yet. So we'll go ahead and just play it back as it is. All right. This is Uncle Fillmore. The fellows at Interman Radio once again reached out to me to give some insight on raising respectful children. And with all due respect, I question the premise. Because we all know that it's not a matter of respect. It's a matter of making their parents, you, look good. Like saying sir and ma'am and please and thank you and playing their violins while singing hymns around the fire when company comes over. After all, those years and thousands of dollars of lessons need to pay off. Why not cash in a little bit? Where was I? Oh yes, making parents look good. I mean, respect. The problem with today's kids is they don't know how to make their parents look good. For instance, young men wearing jammy pants with a t-shirt of Tweety Bird. (laughs) Not... Mark, I'm on the front porch. Not a good look, young man. I'd cut you out of the wheel faster than you could say, I think I taught a booty tat. I think the best way to teach our kids how to make us look good is to bribe them. So when they want to have a sleepover at a friend's house and mom says no, dads, this is your moment to step up as the man of the house. And in this case, you need to be the yes man. If you say yes, you'll be the hero to your kids and in return, they'll actually naturally want to make you look good in front of others. They'll want to be your friend. How many parents will envy you now? Your wife, on the other hand, might not be too happy, but that's okay, we'll skin that cat when we get to it. Wait a minute, that was an unfortunate phrase. Can I retract that? But for whatever heartache your wife gives you, you know she's doing the same thing too. And you can bring that up when she objects. Like the time you said the kids could only watch TV for eight hours in a day, but she ignored it and let them watch it for 12. See how that works? So in the end, success is achieved by making sure we have the right goal. In this case, you're the hero and your kids are gonna make you look good. Respect, overrated. Looking good? It's priceless. Well, that's all I have for now. If there's anything else I can do to help, just just let me know. Thank you for that, wow. Uncle Fillmore. That was truly insightful. Insightful. Yeah. I think it incited people to violence. I know why he's on the porch now. Because <laughs> his wife won't let him come inside. Right. Yeah, good luck with that, <laughs> right. uh, Uncle Fillmore. I wonder how that worked out for you there. Uh, we are talking about respect this week, and uh, Uncle Fillmore does bring up the topic in a unique way. Uh, maybe we can pivot against that uh, and, and go from there. He, he sure does. A lot of the things that we're trying to create are not things that can be that can be created directly. Fillmore's, uh, though well-intentioned advice, um, may create the wrong results because it's easy to try and get the outward conformity. But what we're really trying to foster and create is the internal desire. We're trying to we're trying to to build real character, not just the appearance of the thing. And 
it's easy sometimes to mix up the two. Yeah, you know, this this series that we're going over, you know, we, we've titled it uh, Children or Raising Kids and that kind of thing. And another disclaimer on this one, Mark, if a person hasn't listened to our first episode on this and Raising Honest Kids, really go back and listen. Because as we mentioned there, uh, we are not saying we're expert in this. We've still both got kids at home. We've yeah, still got yeah. kids that, that aren't raised. We've got ki- some kids who are raised. Uh, I'll just say for myself, I'm not an expert at this. And so I'm learning as I go here. Uh, but we thought this this topic, as with honesty and others that we'll bring up, was too timely to let sit in the can for another 10 years and, and bring up then. Yeah, and frankly, the fact that we're not experts um, allows us to give advice unencumbered you know, by the wisdom that expertise would require. So, so right, right. Yeah, we're free to say whatever we want to. Yeah, so and, that was uh, our disclaimer. Like, right. so, so if you listen to us and do what we say, you know, we can't guarantee the results. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But when it comes to respect, what we're trying to build into the kids is something really much bigger than just respect um, for us. The respect for parents really becomes the baseline for how kids are going to relate to all authorities in their life even as, uh, as, as young adults and as adults, those are the things that are trained into them, and it follows them. It goes with them as they grow and as they mature. You know, I personally ran into a guy a few years ago who— um, Is this the uh, I know a guy story? It is that story. Yes, it is. But this guy is real, but he cannot hold a job. And it's not because he's lazy, per se. I mean, he, he can get out and he can get the work done. And he always can seem to find the next job. What he can't do is seem to last more than six months at any one particular job. Huh. He's done some tough jobs. But sooner or later, there always comes this point of contention with the management. Uh, management is stupid. Yeah. Management is is. I mean, fill in the blank. They're illegal. They're dishonest. They're, there's always some reason why he's got to blow up with management. That's not an isolated incident. That's the pattern for him. But it also follows what he learned as a child. Did not have any kind of authority relationships as a child. And so he just brings that over into his adult life and is trying to fix it now um, as an adult. But he doesn't recognize that the problem is not the idiots in authority, the problem is him. So how do you fix that? I mean, that, that, that's tough because that horse is out of the barn. I mean, how do you get that back? I mean, clearly the gospel uh, and, and Christ's power in us can change anything, but that particularly seems to be a difficult lesson to learn as an adult. It's going to be very difficult because the instruction of children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right, um, we've already passed that point. Like you said, the horse has already left the barn, so <clears throat> there's, not a, um, there's not time to go back and put that in where it should have been. Um, most of the time, people have to learn that lesson the hard way. Yeah. If they didn't learn it the first time, it's going to be the world and the lessons of failure that are going to teach the necessity of respect. Yeah, in verse 3, you're quoting from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Uh, in verse 3, it says, so that it may turn out well for you and you may live long on the earth. It's really the first commandment with a promise attached to it. And, and as parents, we want to see things turn out well for our kids. And we want them to live uh, productive lives for God here on earth. And fostering respect seems to be a key. It's necessary for them to, to function inside of society. We, we cannot each be our own king 
uh, unto ourselves. We have to find our place <clears throat> in the society, and that includes being submissive to the authorities that God has placed over us, whether it's the, uh, whether it's the, the traffic cop that pulls you over, whether it's, uh, uh, whether it's the, um, you know, the, the judge to whom you have to appear, um, whether it's, regardless, all of those relationships really find their, their baseline with children and parents. Ultimately, we want people to be prepared for submitting to a relationship with God yeah. and being prepared to, uh, to live happy, productive lives. Yeah, right. <clears throat> okay, so, so okay, I'm going to throw in a bomb here on this one. So you mean like the store manager that tells you to put a mask on? Like that guy. Yeah. So is it disrespectful to not? Yes. It's disrespectful to the store manager. Right. So oftentimes our disrespect hides behind platitudes of greater purpose and cause. And so a lot of those kinds of things find their way into our behavior. We justify them by saying we're standing for something greater, but really it's rooted in just disrespect? I'm not going that far. No? It is disrespectful to the store manager. But we have to ask the question whether or not that, and I don't think we want to go there. Oh, no, yeah, we do. But I, yeah, we, we really we, do. We have to ask the question whether or not um, that is a position worthy of respect. Okay, so we're going to back off that now to be addressed at a later episode, but do stay tuned for when we tackle that one. Won't that be fun? Woo! <laughs> All right. Where were we? See, a little bit of, uh, you're getting the the real raw deal, or the real deal here on, on Intermittent. Yeah. Okay, so I threw that bomb in there, though, because I guess for a lot of folks listening to this, they might be asking or thinking in the back of their minds that when we talk about respect, we mean sit down, shut up, do as you're told, never question anything I say, and never question anything anybody says, and be nice little wallflowers. Is that exactly what we're saying? Or is that kind of what we're saying? Or is that at all what we're saying? I think lots of times those external obedience, though they might be the byproducts of respect, could be mistaken for respect. Okay. Because I, I, can, I can appear compliant. Uh-huh. And not be very respectful. I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on <laughs> the inside. Right. Yeah. You may not see behind this mask, I'm sticking my tongue out, but I may have the mask on. And oftentimes it's the quiet ones that you worry about the most. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's right. <clears throat> but we do learn those lessons about respect that ultimately you know, uh, um, train us and equip us for dealing with God. Uh, we learn them in the family, and they are, they are extendable. So in John chapter 5, for instance, Jesus said in verse 22, Not even the Father judges anyone, but he's given all judgment to the Son, in order that all may honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Jesus says that respect for him translates into respect for the Father. And if we don't respect Christ, then we don't respect the Father either. So the, the, two, are, the two are one. You can't say, I'll respect the Lord, but I'm not going to respect the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a package deal. Learning to respect one results in respecting the other. And as parents, we're trying to really help people come to that point, our children come to that point, where they're respecting Christ for the right things. They're respecting, in this case, God the Father you know, uses Jesus Christ as the intermediary of that relationship. And parents fill that role. When, uh, you know, when your child is, is little, you are that place. Long before they come to any kind of, of relationship with Christ, they have a relationship with you. And, and it usually you know, sounds like, you know, Johnny, 
Don't hit your sister. It sounds like, Billy, clean your room. Oh, Mom, come on. Right, what do you right. mean? Yeah. Susie, you know, eat your peas. Does anybody say that anymore? Oh, yeah. They say eat your smoothie. That's, okay. that's what they say now. Okay. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, man, eating your peas, was it was nasty because it was the it was the army green version of peas that were it mm. canned, the canned goods that you got at the store, like the 10 for a dollar cans. And then boil them to oblivion? Yes. Those peas? Oh, all yeah. you tasted was the salt and the and there was just the and mush. The mush. <laughs> oh, oh, man, eat your peas. But I, it was good for me in the sense yes, of building was. that character. Yes, it was. Right. Well, okay, so so you're talking about about building the character of respecting the position as parents. Just like like uh because Jesus in saying that if they don't respect me, they're not respecting the Father. So it's a position, but also there is an element here of respecting because it's earned. I mean, as as kids, kids are supposed to respect their parents because of their parents. Are there things that parents do to disearn that respect? Oh, sure there are, but it doesn't change the fact that they're still parents. So, you know, we could use a similar analogy like uh, from Romans 13, where Christians are instructed to be in subjection to the governing authorities because those that exist are established by God. Not because they rule well, uh, not because they make great decisions, not because they may or may not do those things, but the point is, the authority itself has come from God, and so when they occupy that space, that rank is worthy of our respect, even if we may not agree with them. That's what uh, submission is. Submission is not, I will do what you ask when I agree with you. It's, I will do what you tell me, even when I don't agree with you, because that's your place, because that's your, that's your rank, that's where you belong. So a lot of times, though, it seems like as parents, we, we desperately act like, well, act like we're desperate to get the kids to <laughs> obey. I mean, uh, it's like, we'll beg them. Like, oh, Johnny, yeah. Johnny, please, which I've told you with that, please stop it. And I feel for maybe I'm going to use the mom in Walmart um, scenario just because Do you, it. Really, you feel for that gal because a lot of <laughs> yeah. times, you know, because dad's not around. He's not in the store at the time or maybe he's just not around in general, but he's not there to help out as if he would be helpful anyway. Um, but she's she's begging the kids because she's just she's just trying to get through the shopping experience. Right. I just got to make it to the car. <laughs> it, right. You know, yeah. and have some semblance of sanity left and who knows maybe she's already worked a long day and she's just trying to get stuff done and this is point a to point b here and the last thing she's worried about is garnering respect in her child she's just trying to make it man and so she'll be she'll beg to get put you please stop i please don't touch that please i'm pick this up off the and the kid's just going nuts i mean he's just out of control that often happens and then um then we find the parents being submissive to the children or unintentionally training the wrong things in because um, begging quickly turns to bribing. And, well, okay, you can have one. And what they've done, of course, is reinforce the very behavior that they do not want. Right. So so really what seems like a convenient, pragmatic approach at the time, I'm just being pragmatic about this, really ends up... short-circuiting what you really want to accomplish in the long run. Yeah, and you can bet the next trip to Walmart will be even more exciting than the last. (laughs) So really, in garnering respect, it really is thinking long-term here. It's kind of thinking of the end, having the end goal in mind of what kind of people we're trying to raise here. But doesn't Paul himself say, we beg you on behalf of Christ? Isn't he kind of begging the church to act a certain way? Oh, yeah, he certainly does. 
um, as ambassadors for Christ, we do precisely that. We, we beg people, as it were, on his behalf, be reconciled to God, um, and, and that is God appealing to mankind. Um, but what we're not doing is, uh, is changing the terms. So we are trying as best as we can to appeal to people to make their decision for Christ, but we're not going to change the deal. We can't say, well, listen, we're begging you to become a Christian, so therefore, today, we're going to offer this special treat in order to get your compliance. Or today, we're going to eliminate repentance um, because we just want you to become a Christian. If you just say this prayer, if you just (laughs) just repeat after me... You're good, and because we need to move on here, we need to get to the next step. Right. You don't to... need to change your life. It's yeah. okay. We'll take you as you are. All of those things are, uh, are really a great disrespect to the gospel message and to the God who set the terms of how to accept that gospel. Okay. So the terms, the terms stay the terms. God, God's terms to us are the terms. Yeah. God's the authority. We, as Christians, as people, are called to respect that. Now, there are times when he makes a softer appeal to us. I mean, through, even through the death of Christ. Yes. You know, so he, God is making the ultimate sacrificial, soft, loving appeal to us for yeah. that. Yeah, please, right? You know, please come. I mean, you, you think of, of Noah, right, who's trying to, to uh, compel people to get in the ark. That's not out of... Uh, that's not out of any kind of anger or, I mean, Noah is trying to get people into the boat, uh, but he's not changing the terms. I mean, get in the boat. And if you don't get in the boat, you suffer the consequences. It's on you. Right. right. And so God's not going to change the deal, but he is certainly going to try, as he has through his prophets from time immemorial, to to encourage people, take him up on the offer, but the terms aren't going to change. So, okay, at the risk of meddling here, uh, what are some signs of disrespect? We already talked about, you know, the kid in Walmart, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, That's clear, that's obvious, but what are some other ones? Like kids on my lawn? Is that... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we're starting to sound like that, Mark. (laughs) Get off my lawn! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, I think there's some simple things. Let's not come across, I mean... um, Let's let's think about let's think as parents here. Like if I'm a mom or a dad, what are things a that dad. I'm looking for? What am I looking for that would indicate to me that my kids do respect me, or on the flip side, really aren't? Mm. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, there's a couple of things that I that are red flags to me, and when I when I see those in kids, those those look like trouble to me. I, one of them that's a definite danger sign is when a kid won't look an adult um, in the eyes. Not just being shy. No. Okay. Um, it it may it may have a root in shyness, but uh, but kids aren't as stupid as parents would like them to believe, and um, and when you have a kid who, especially a kid who's in trouble, who uh, Julie, did you uh, did you do this? And and when you can't when you can't make eye contact, when your three or four year old will not look you in the face and and will not will not speak, that that's an issue. See, it it sounds like a small thing, because defiance at the age of three or four takes simplistic forms. And so it's easy for parents to excuse that away and say, well, they're just fill in the blank. They're shy. They're just... They're shy. They're, they're teething, tired. They're tired. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They're spoiled, rotten. Um, there's, there's a lot of excuses that parents make for their kids. But you have to understand that what that is, is that's an expression of defiance. It's just coming out in a three-year-old or a two-year-old. And so... When, um, you know, when the kid refuses to eat their peas, well, that's defiance in the way in which a three-year-old or four-year-old has ability. 
Now, a 13 or a 14 year old may have the same defiance, but they're going to demonstrate that in a very different way. The three or four year old can't run into their room, you know, s slam the door, call up their friends and, uh, you know, or, or post nasty things about you. Um, a three or four year old, all they can do is refuse to eat their peas. So when they're being defiant, it looks like it's something innocent, more innocent or simplistic. That's not true. The place that comes from in their character is just the same as the 16-year-old who says, no way, I'm not doing it, walks out the door and drives off. Um, it's the same thing. With the, parents car, with the car that you paid for and the air insurance <laughs> that you paid for and the gas that you put in there. Now we are sounding like old men, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, so, but a lot of times you're talking about the kid eating the peas, and that sounds very dated to me because, um, well, because I remember doing that as a kid. But also, <laughs> right. also because that's a scenario that doesn't play out very often anymore because most of the time or a lot of the times parents will just make a separate meal for for little Susie yes, yes. because they won't make them eat the same thing that everyone else is eating right? because Susie doesn't like mustard on her sandwich. Yeah. So I'm going to not, I'm just going to make her or, or she doesn't like peas. So yeah. we're just going to fix a dinner for her without peas. Yeah. And, and so, so parents are afraid to have to have these moments of conflict. Yes. And so to avoid it, they, they, we, we go out of our way sometimes to not have those teachable moments. Yeah. That's the woman at the grocery store who's pragmatically just trying to get through supper. Right. You know, I just don't want a battle right now. But every time that happens, what we unwittingly reinforce in the kids is that that defiance is being rewarded. Right. So if, it's, if you have to clean your room, you have got to clean your room. If the eight-year-old, you know, won't do that, understand, parents, that that's just defiance, but it's been reduced to an eight-year-old level. The thing we have to be concerned with as parents is the motive first and the action second. No, peas are not a big deal, but the motive of defiance, that's huge. And you absolutely have, you have to consider that as, as a real priority. A two-year-old may not want to look you in the eyes, or you know, a, a four-year-old may not want to look at you or speak to an adult. That is an unwillingness to recognize that that adult is in a position of authority, and I will not comply. It's just, it's just hidden behind what looks like cutesy shyness, but it's not. The, the motive is, I will not. You said look you in the eye, but also uh, speaking to an adult. Like if yeah. an adult says hello to a child, and the child won't say hello back. You know, you, you might see this in your own kids, you might see it in other kids. You go up and you say hello to a kid. Now, I'm not talking about being a creeper and walking up to strangers' kids and saying hello and then demanding <laughs> hello. that. Hello. <laughs> I said hello, Sonny. You should say hi back. You Would know, you like some candy? Everybody likes candy. Wow. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, we're really talking about, you know, kids that you know or, or even your own kids and they, you say something to them and they won't acknowledge you. Yeah. You know, that that's, you know, well, they're just shy or they're just being, you know, well, we shouldn't have to, well, what does that look like at 15? Yes. What does that look like at 16? Jason, if you're feeling the pull of the world getting you down, maybe you're barking at your spouse, you're grumbling a little, you're just not feeling the love of your neighbor. Don't just accept it as the unavoidable consequence of growing old and cranky. <gasps> Rejuvenate your inner man with Taste of Eden's edibles. Woohoo! As we age, we naturally lose some of our youthful exuberance, positive attitude, and ignorant bliss that compensate for the fruits of the Spirit, leaving us skeptical, jaded, and downright unpleasant. Taste of Eden's Edibles uses only all-natural, gluten-free, keto-friendly, paleo-preferred, <laughs> vegan-certified, low-sodium fruit extracts to wow. boost 
your spirit's natural production of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Other manufacturers might use lesser ingredients, but only taste of Eden's edibles keeps your inner man renewed with real fruit and a healthy dose of caffeine for a real spiritual lift. Try them today at your local retailer or at tasteofedensedibles.com. So, Mark, respect starts with fear, and uh, but is that where it needs to stay? I mean, because really, are we talking about kids that fear their parents? Isn't that really what we're talking about? Like, you should be afraid of me and do what I say. Or you're dead. There is an element of fear that comes with respect. There, there is a... Um, Go children, ahead, punk. Make my day. <laughs> right. Children need to know that their parents are not controllable, that their parents are not tame, that, um, uh, that their parents are, are the ones... They make their own decisions. Now, it doesn't mean that they live in fear, but it means that that they recognize that the parents have the right to set the agenda, that the parents choose under what circumstances they will do or won't do one thing or the other. And when children become, I'm using the word too familiar, but too comfortable as if they are the ones who, who set the agenda for mom and dad. They're the ones, it's going to be their way. That's where trouble comes in. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I have a great example of somebody who did it right. Uh, okay. I was at, I was at uh, uh, Lucy's soccer game the other day, and and uh, there was a, a dad who um, had it. He was watching his daughter as well, and he had a teenage son there, and his son had had been on the phone the whole time. His son is on his phone playing a video game. Sure. And uh, dad sitting next to him, and uh, but the the funny thing is, is that. This kid's sister scored the first three goals of the game. Oh, uh-huh. he missed all three, uh-huh. and because he's playing the video game, right? So, um, so dad, dad leans over after the third goal and says, "Hey, did you catch that?" He goes, "Catch what?" He said, "Your, your sister just scored <laughs> right. the third goal. Oh, she scored the three, yeah, and the first two as well, and you missed really? all three of them." Uh-huh. And uh, and so then dad kind of pulls son aside here because. Out of out of kind of says, hey, come here for me. And you know, of course, I'm eavesdropping at this point, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. trying to make it not look like I am, but I'm trying to catch it because I thought this was really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't see dads pulling the kids aside and talking to them very much anymore. So I thought, oh, this is really interesting. Here's dad, and he wasn't trying to embarrass him, but he pulls him aside and goes, I can hear him say, hey, dude, you've got to get yourself out of your phone. There's life going on around you here, and you need to be engaging the things going on around you. So put your phone away. Let's watch the rest of this game. Yeah. And guess what? That's what I want to know. I was going to ask you. So this 16-year-old kid who some might judge at first as being the kind who would not listen to dad yeah. did exactly what his dad said. He put the phone away, and he was laughing. and engaged. It took a few minutes. I sure. mean, it wasn't just like instant, like, ding, okay, dad, whatever <laughs> you say. It was There was a little bit of a struggle there for the kid you know, making that transition. But within about five minutes, mm-hmm. he was engaged. He was laughing. He was having a good time. Awesome. Uh, that it's so it's so great when you see those things work. You know when when parents really do set the agenda, when they follow through, and when they expect the kids to follow suit. Yeah. Guys, this is what we're doing today, and to see the kids you know rise to that level of expectation is awesome, it, and it really sets the kids up for for the other relationships in their life. You know, there's some great things that that parents can do in order to create uh, an environment for their kids to learn that kind of respect. But it's a lot of things that maybe they wouldn't think of initially. They might think, well, producing respect in my kids means making my kids respect me. Or producing respect in my kids means they need to do the external things 
that um, that might look like respect. Right. So I mean, okay. So we're going back to as a, as a young dad here. Um, some retrospect here. Um, but it makes you think back about how how things maybe we could have done a little bit different. As a young man, a uh, young father uh, with insecurities and whatnot, you know, a lot of times we're driven to get our kids to show us that respect because we we need it. Yeah. We, we need yeah. it to, to make us feel like men. And so a lot of times young dads will make their, their kids toe the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, later kids... You know, it, contrast that, you know, and as, as sometimes as dads get older, then they, they swing the other way and then they don't demand any respect. They're just a buddy the time sure. and, and trying to make up for that maybe. But, um, you know, th- there is that. I, I was watching a dad one time uh, through clenched teeth tell his two or three-year-old kid, you need to do what I tell you, and and then he <laughs> he slapped the kid's knuckles with his knuckles. He gave him knuckles. I mean, I mean, I don't mean like, like hey, congratulations, knuckles. I mean like, like knuckle bump, knuckle. Yeah, like, no, this like, was this was like I'm whacking your knuckles with mine, and the kid starts crying, and you could just see the kid welling up inside. But but this dad had such a need for his kid to just show him respect in front of other people. He was willing to demean his kid and even emotionally damage him. So we're not talking about that kind of, of parenting here, right? We're, we're talking about, we're not talking about outward appearance to make us look good. We're really talking about building character where they, where they learn to respect us for the right reasons and they learn to respect and love God for the right reasons. Yeah, that's, that's a great contrast between that and your soccer dad, you know, who wasn't interested in, in appearances, you know, took the kid aside, didn't try to get respect by public shaming or just, hey, buddy, I need you to think about these things and these are the priorities that, that we have here. And, and I want you to get on board. I mean, that, that's such a great example. And, you know, Jesus talked about people who, who try and get authority or, or, or exercise authority over others in the wrong way. And you're not doing yourself any favors as a parent if, um, if you're trying to get respect through threatening or uh, you're trying to, to build respect in your, in your kids <clears throat> by shaming them uh, publicly or tearing them down. Respect comes from setting expectations and uh, and then expecting them to rise to that level. Um, we don't have to under undercut them or, or or make them feel as though they're less or or incompetent. We want to try and and help them rise to that level of of expectation. Doing what I say the first time. That's a big deal. Yeah, and, and it's not to make us look good. It, it really is out of love for them because do we want them to have to hear it from somebody in life 14 times before they get it. Right. You know, no. Right. Don't. Yeah, do, do, we, we certainly don't want their store managers you know, to have to tell them a dozen times, hey, can you stock that shelf? Right. Or can you clean this, mop this, do that? Um, and we build those things in as, uh, as, as their children so they uh, go with them as they, as they grow. One final thought that I, I think we need to include in uh, talking about building respect in kids, is they should see what that looks like in us. Yes, we are the we are the authorities for children, but they really need to see how those authorities, how mom and dad, demonstrate the kind of respect as adults that the kids will one day imitate when they're adults. How does dad talk about? Um, this is a tough one. How careful? How does, careful yeah, now. I think uh. this one may be self-reflective. You know, how does the dad speak about the authorities in their life? Paul said, 
you know, you should not speak evil of a leader of your people. Ooh, that's a tough one, especially considering the leader of our people. So <clears throat> it's hard to do that, right? I mean, but on the other hand, those are the authorities that God has placed in our lives. Doesn't mean we have to like them. Doesn't mean we have to agree with their decisions. But the rank needs to be respected regardless of that fact. And we can't, we don't want to set a precedent for the kids that we only submit when we agree. That's not submission. We submit to authority even if we don't agree. Is the Let's Go Brandon chant really kind of like sitting down on the outside but standing up on the inside? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of standing up there on, on the inside, right? Yeah. You know, how about also uh, undercutting the other parent? Yeah. So when we're talking about interacting with authority, um, if mom says, no, you can't have a sleepover, and dad comes in as the hero and says, well, sure you can— then mom should respect dad, That's right? Exactly the authority. Right. I knew it. You yes. were, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not even. Well, that does create a sticky situation, doesn't <laughs> yes, it? Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, Somebody's dad. having a sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, really, it's, it's supporting one another yes. um, and supporting other authorities in the kid's life. When the kid comes home from school and, ha- and, and had a run-in with a teacher and, and, you know, I got into trouble today. Mom and Dad, are you picking up the phone to try to chew out the teacher or, or right. the school administrator? Or are, you taking, or, or are you really trying to find out if, you, if, if your son or daughter really needs to learn a lesson here? Yeah, and, and I cut you off before, but I, I, think, I think that's— a really important element is um, dads need to show respect where appropriate, um, just like moms and just like kids. So, you know, if if you walk into that situation and mom has already said, no, you're not going over to Susie's house, dads, don't you dare uh, step in and undercut the authority of the mom just because you're the dad. Right. And, that, of course, the same goes for moms. Um, moms, you are... A large part of how your kids are going to respect their father, they're going to see that a lot through you. And so if you feign submission, you know, on the outside, um, you know, or, or, in, or in public, uh, but then at home, you know, you talk down about your husband to your kids. Well, honey, your father has never done da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, my goodness. If you do that, you, you, are, you are stripping out from, out from underneath your husband the kind of authority that he needs and the respect that he needs in the kids to do his job effectively. So you know, absolutely don't do that. And it can be, it can be so tempting when, uh, you know, when the kid comes to, comes to you and says, hey, you know, mom or dad was not very nice to me today. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's and just oh, your dad. well, you know, that's just how yeah. they are. And don't do that. Do not, do not play that game. You know, just come right back with them. I understand that maybe you didn't agree with mom today. I understand that maybe you thought dad was in the wrong. But, honey, you need to take it up with them. You're going to have to talk that over with dad or mom and, uh, and voice those concerns there. But, you know, they're the mom, they're the dad. And th- none of this circumventing baloney in order to try and, and, uh, and curry favor. And, you know, as a parent, absolutely do not, do not buy into that. Right. Okay. Okay. So, um trying to get our kids to respect us so then there is the term that or there's the there's the saying that respect is earned so there is a level of respecting the office sure you know because you know you're the parent and we want them to respect us as parents just like we want them to respect the office of god 
you know, sure. it, it, yep. so to speak, right? So, so they respect God because He's God. But there's also respect that comes when it's earned in the sense of um, they understand that uh, we have their best interests in mind. What, what's the movie? Um, it was it was a movie uh, that had um, uh, Mel Gibson in it, and it was the Battle of Quezon. No, it was a battle in Vietnam. Oh, it was a uh, uh, Yadrang Valley. Yeah, we were soldiers. We were soldiers. Yeah, but that was uh, based on a true story yes. of Colonel Halmore. Halmore. Okay, so yeah, Halmore made a promise to his soldiers that um, he his boots would be the first to hit the ground, yeah. and they would be the last to come off the ground, yes. and he would leave no man behind. And those guys fought for him. I mean, th- with abandon, they they absolutely respected him. Yeah. Not because he barked orders at them, and he did at time bark orders at them. But that's sure. not why. They respected him because they knew he had their best interest in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And and as a parent, the only way we're going to get that kind of respect will be if we have the long term track record that the kids see. You know, Dad really does have my best interest at heart. Mom really does want the best for me. Um, and it doesn't take much to, to destroy that when, you know, because kids can figure out if, uh, if you want respect just for the sake of looking good in front of, you know, in front of your peers. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they know that. Right. Um, but if, if they're really convinced that, that you love them most and that's why you require those things, um, that will carry you. It'll, it, takes a long, it takes a while, though, um, you know, little kids are not going to get there right away. Um, but we would like to see that transition, you know, by their early teens where, uh, where kids are starting to, s- are starting to, um, to respect you for your character, not just for your position. Um, let's talk a little bit about, about uh, absolute obedience when it comes to kids who are growing up. There's um, th- there's also this false notion out there that uh, adult grown adults must absolutely obey their parents if they really respect them. Well, I think we'd answer that the same way as uh, as we did previously. What we're respecting is there's a certain place, uh, a certain position that God has has given to parents. Um, but understand that that authority relationship changes as the child moves into adulthood. Right. So we want the children to respect our position that God has given us as parents. But as parents, we also need to be respectful of the position that our children are in, particularly as they become adults. So our, juris- our jurisdiction really shrinks as they grow. In, in, in It's their life. Yes. I mean, that sounds like a very humanistic, modern American thing to say. It's their life. Let them live it. No, that, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to figure out a better way to say it. But, right, but God, God holds them accountable for their decisions yes. at some point. Right. Not us. Yes. And so when when they cross that line of being held accountable for their decisions, they're really answering directly to God at that point. Yes. And and if uh, if parents are trying to pull rank on their adult children— you've already you've you've missed the point that's a symptom of something else right so you know at, at that at that juncture they are um they're autonomous they're their own person they need to make their own decisions um you know at that point what we can offer is advice and generally i wouldn't i wouldn't offer it unless it's asked for um because it's it's theirs it's it's theirs to do it's their thing and uh, and parents need to respect 
that about their children. That's their place now, and they may not always make the decisions that we want, but we have to respect the fact that, that God has given them authority to make those decisions on their own, and it belongs to them. Because the goal really here isn't that kids would respect us as parents. The goal here really is that we, by that time, have taught them to respect and love God. That's the goal. And we'll see you next time on On Inner Man Radio. Yeah, thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, you can be sure to never miss an episode by visiting innermanradio.org or get automatic notifications on your phone with the Inner Man Radio app. It's available on Google Play or Apple Stores.